0: what else do we have to do? We? Yes, we. (laughs) Are you laughing at me, you bubble-headed booby? You heard only my
1: computer is being cleared. I do not
0: laugh. That's what you say. Now get on with our work. Yes, our work. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days, you Go too far, you cackling
1: computer. Nobody gave a shit about green dealer when we first came up. Anyone with half a brain, myself included, thought it was destined to fail spectacularly. But you got lucky.
0: All you motherfuckers are gonna pay! You are the ones who are the ball lickers.
1: We're we're making a podcast, please clap. And welcome back to a very powerful transmission of the Reboot Deboot podcast. I'm your co-host
0: Griffin. I don't like that expression, Alex (laughs) Sabir. What expression? (laughs) Powerful transmission. I don't know. It was was (laughs) nefarious.
1: It's been three weeks, man. How you been?
0: Back from the wilderness. Good. Better. Kind of a weird week. I think I need a new (laughs) mattress. Um, What? Well, because I woke up yesterday and I was like, well, I woke up on Tuesday. like, crazy lower back pain for a couple hours, and then the next day, it was, like, a little worse, and then the next day would have been Wednesday. Yeah, and then yesterday, I woke up, and I was, like, it hurt in the morning, and I was having, like, full-on, like, spasms and stuff. Uh...
1: Oh, no bueno.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it would go away in a few hours, but I, so, (laughs) I stayed home from work. And I turned my mattress 180 degrees, and I slept on it last night, and I woke up fucking fine. So I think there's just like a sag on the side of the mattress I was using.
1: Are you a spring guy? Or are you waterbed? No. Are you like also hybrid? Definitely memory not a foam. Waterbed is that one of the normal <laughs>
0: options? I know it's a thing that exists, but no, I just have a regular mattress. I think.
1: Are you uh, are you going are you going to go for soft or firm? With the new mattress. I think I like firmware ones.
0: Well that's the thing, is I don't I'm gonna see how long I can get um, out of the other half of this mattress. I tend to sleep pretty far to one side. Um and a new mattress is like twelve hundred dollars. They're crazy. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. It's like
0: a used car. So
1: why don't you look for one on like Craigslist or something? I don't
0: wanna buy a used mattress.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's
0: like close to illegal <laughs> anyway to sell them and i really just that's one thing where i can't i just can't <laughs> okay a lot of types of furniture but not, I, don't know, I don't know
1: the implications yeah um yeah well before i left california i had a bed for i had bought a new bed because, like, the old the springs were killing my back, and I was dying because of it. So yeah, I shelled nice. out the cash, and I got this awesome mattress. And I, it was hard. It was, like, firm. It was like a rock. I laid down on it, and it didn't move. Like, it could have been plywood, right? But it was the best night's sleep I had. And for about six months to a year, it was the best sleep on the planet. And then I moved to Texas, and I left the mattress in California. Mm. And I missed that mattress. But... Man, that mattress was awesome.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I slept too long on a shitty bed that was soft and spongy, and their springs were poking through it and stuff. And uh, it, I just can't do soft mattresses now. I gotta have the firm, like brick.
0: Yeah, I think I'm probably in the same in the same boat. Dude,
1: when I do you remember when we used to be young and immortal, and now we have like back problems and heartburn like, and on shit, the floor like and stuff. And-
0: Or, like, outside in a weird place. I can't really do that now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yep. Well, what are you going to do? I don't want to complain about not being a teenager. I usually (laughs) just move on. I watched Asteroid City. That was pretty good. (laughs) You did watch Asteroid City.
1: Um, Actually, though, uh, I watched Run, Level Run. Oh, nice. Cool. Got that off the watch list, finally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd been wanting to watch, watch it forever, it but yeah,
0: yeah. Um, was it good? Um,
1: we, it's really good. It's really cool. It's German experimental cinema. Uh, it's really cool. Like super enjoyable. Gotta, like, felt like a, watching
0: some for a boyfriend or something, and then like jogging through Munich.
1: Kind of, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. It felt like watching something like Train Spotting for the first time, or like. <laughs> Like Pulp Fiction. It, it's a very cool stylistic movie. Um, and it had like a, a beautiful layer of dirt and filth over it. It's very cool. Um, but Alex, we do actually have a little bit of work to do uh, before we start in earnest. Oh. Um, I got I, I to ask you a question, bud. Okay. When it comes to Tombstone, do you want to reboot or deboot? Because we got so wrapped up in our Tombstone episode, I forgot to ask you that question. Oh, um,
0: I don't know. I think I'd be fine with the more versions of it being made. Big ensemble cast seems like a good opportunity. I don't know.
1: Okay. Um, I am going to say that I will keep rebooting Tombstone specifically because it's one of the more well known parts of the American West. Hmm. And I think that any. Time to tell that story or to shed light on those characters with um, more historical accuracy, I think, is better. So let's just keep bringing Tombstone back. Uh, okay. Yeah, we, we just got caught up last time and we ended the episode, and it wasn't until after I posted it that I realized we never went out. Like the crux of the show was never planted. Mm, the so, crux of
0: the show, the thing that used to be kind of rigid now is just like a open. Yeah, I gotcha. No, hey, what? we still, uh, still get to, to check in. Pay homage <laughs> to dare the you? roots.
1: <laughs> How dare you? Um, so, with all that being said, we're Reboot, deboot and we are back. So, Alex, why don't you tell our audio, our hearers, our podcast friends, what we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yeah, we... De- no, I don't really. I didn't watch enough to be able to do this. Danger, podcast people. It's uh, Lost in Space from the show from 1965 and the movie from 1998
1: and maybe a
0: little bit of the show from 2018.
1: Lost in Space, starring Guy Williams as Professor John Robinson, June Lockhart as Dr. Maureen Robertson, Mark Goddard as Major Don West, Marta Kristen as Judy Robinson, Angela Cartwright as Penny Robinson. Bill Murray as Will Robinson, and starring Jonathan Harris as Doctor Zachary Smith, with it Bob was. May and Dick Tufield as the voice of AB Nine, the robot, the robots. Okay, I mean they don't do that in the show, but <laughs> sure. Um, well, Dick Tufield is the uh, is the voice of the robot, the robot. Sure.
0: No, I just meant they don't like. Do they intro them like? That? No like, a variety. No. Show? They <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, Alex, what's your experience with Lost in Space? Uh, I knew it was a TV show. I knew it existed. I had only seen the 1998 movie, though, up until a week ago. Okay. Uh, and this 2018 thing totally flew under my radar. I had no idea it existed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm like lightly, lightly aware of it. Um I found out that I really didn't know what it was after watching some of it. Like mm-hmm. I knew it was kind of like Swiss Family Robinson in space a little bit. Ooh. Um but I thought it was more sci-fi <laughs> than it was maybe. <laughs> uh
1: what what about you? Um so I remember the Lost in Space movie from 98, but actually I have knowledge of lost in space because my mom was a big lost in space fan.
0: Mm, okay,
1: She actually keeps talking about one of her favorite throughout the years. She tried to get me to watch lost in space. And she said there was one episode that she really remembers. And it's something to do when Judy encounters like a mirror and there's a boy on the other side of the mirror. Um, I guess it's also like one of the more acclaimed episodes of lost in space. So I've always been aware of it. And I know, from culture, the way the robot looks and Danger Will Robinson, Danger yeah. and stuff. Um, and then when the 2018 show happened, Mom, you know, I was there because Mom was like, oh, they read it Lost in Space and we watched the first episode and we never continued. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm not like, yeah, I I'm, I would say I'm average, maybe a little under average with the general populace for Lost in Space now.
0: A lot of of opinions online about Dr. Smith when I was looking at stuff. A lot of people don't seem to understand TV shows and why you would want someone to cause friction. Right. (laughs) So many posts are like, why didn't they just space Dr. Smith? Why didn't they kick him out of fucking airlock? (laughs) Wow. Wow.
1: (laughs) It is so... Okay, uh, Alex. Very quickly, um, Lost in Space came out in uh, the '60s. It's a black and white for the My, first season, the first and then the next season, two yeah. seasons it was color. Uh,
0: they pivot to like sort of more comedy
1: stuff in the second two seasons, too, from what I gather. Uh, yes, from, reading from nineteen back. from nineteen sixty five to nineteen sixty eight, Lost in Space was one of the uh, it's like one of like the four you Could have
0: watched. On a, on a... Well,
1: it's also one of, like, in, in it's Star Wars, Star Trek, oh, Lost in Space, no, The Lost not. in Space was the, <laughs> you really don't think so? I, it's Gilligan's like, Island
0: in Space, I don't think it has, I don't think it has, maybe the first season has
1: a little bit in common with, like, early Star Trek, but. But for sci-fi fans, right? Maybe like I don't, in the in no, the early sixties, seventies, before Star Trek was on television. Yeah, I don't. Well, Star like, Trek. Where else? Like, he,
0: like Star Trek. I think when did that start? Like nineteen sixty-six. It started around a similar time.
1: Um, there's not many areas to run to if you're a sci-fi per. Like if you're a sci-fi fan in this time, Lost in Space had to be one of those flagship shows. I, yeah, maybe, I don't know. I,
0: maybe. you, you just, you're skeptical so, on this. It's so, <laughs> it's barely, <laughs> I don't know. It, like, there's an episode, it's happening in, space, I guess <laughs> that makes it science fiction. Uh, like, concede that. But there's like, there's an episode where, Doctor, where like John Robinson just gets possessed by a ghost for the whole it was good i watched it it was fun <laughs> but it doesn't strike me as like super sciencey you know um maybe that's part of maybe it is i like i said i wasn't alive at the time but this like if you like sci-fi aesthetics i guess
1: yeah maybe. like classic sci-fi aesthetics though
0: yeah like well like the black and white the cardboard cutout background scenes and like the kind of like, when you play a game like Fallout, and then they show what a sci-fi, like, TV show set would <laughs> right. be like,
1: it's like, this is what they're emulating. Um. Uh. So, very quickly, Alex, tell the people, uh, what's Lost in Space about?
0: Yeah, in the far-flung future of 1997, the United States is gearing up to, they want to send some missions out into space. They get this ship called the Jupiter 2, which is like a giant... It looks like just a massive flying saucer. They put a family in there. Uh, The Robinsons. We got the dad, the mom, two daughters, and boy, and then a robot. Dr. Smith is like a stowaway who's going to get them killed uh, for some, like, rival nation. Um, They go into space, and this like the mission like immediately fails it's not even like dr smith's fault at first like it just seems like this thing was doomed from jump right they i think it's like the extra hundred pounds or something that dr smith provides like from being on the ship is enough to throw it off course yeah and like dr smith had programmed the robot who was only just they called the robot to like attack the Robinsons at some point during the ship. He kind of deprograms it midway through and then they fly off course. And he eight- wakes up the pilot and eight hours instead of 16 in the movie. That's a fun little Yeah. Movie. It's eight
1: hours, eight hours into the mission. The robot is supposed to uh, activate and destroy the Robinson family.
0: And they end up crash landing on a strange planet. That's got three seasons worth of random, like, stuff they No, affect.
1: Strange Planets, another thing. That's a different franchise.
0: Yeah, they land on a strange planet. They land
1: on a planet. That's another thing. Before
0: I get what you're doing, I'm trying to move past it. You're
1: not letting <laughs> me. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then we get so, the hijinks yeah. for
0: a few seasons, where there's like generally just like a random. They'll encounter a random thing, and that'll be the episode. I saw a fun one where uh <laughs> Doctor Smith gets kicked out of the. Kicked out of like the family unit for a little bit, he's gonna make it on his own, and then uh, him and Will Robinson end up discovering this machine that grants wishes. This is the level of science that we're talking about. <laughs> There's one where another one I watched that was pretty good where uh, where John Robinson goes into a cave, uh, and ends up getting possessed by a ghost of some like warlike alien species who also happen to be stranded there on this planet called Cato, It's pretty fun. I don't know. You know the-
1: now, season one takes place on a, the family is supposed to get to Alpha Centauri to colonize it. I like uh, it- the Jupiter 2 crashes on an alien world, which is later identified by Will as Criplinus. Sure. And that is where season one takes place because the Jupiter Two is not—it's un, uh, unable to fly. So season one, it's kind of the Robinsons trying to uh, get the ship into working order while exploring this planet, with Doctor Smith trying him. to get
0: back to Earth. Doctor Smith is amazing. In the like all now, the episodes I watched were out of the first season, but he's so—he's so good. He's so good.
1: Well, season two, which then gets into color, uh, the repaired Jupiter two launches into space once more after the planet on is destroyed through earthquakes, and the Robinsons crash on another planet, and then they have to repair the ship again um, and go through that. More hijinks ensue. And in the third season, uh, the Jupiter II, they are traveling through space. Uh, they have an Now they have a space pod on the Jupiter 2 that they can send out for smaller missions and stuff. Um, John Williams uh, composed the theme in the new tune, and it was designed
0: to represent...
1: It looks stylish as well. It's cool. (laughs) Yeah, the third season sequence was designed to show the new direction of Lost in Space, which was more about space exploration and you know, um, now it, it's up against them. Like, are they either going to get back to Earth like, or are they going to Alpha Centauri? And along the way, they planet hop.
0: It's space exploration, but like with slapstick comedy happening.
1: Right. Like they, it's, they pivot it's, to it's, like it's full
0: like, on goofy bullshit by the second season.
1: It's pretty much like you, it, it is very much like a gilligan's island in space gilligan's island in space or more correctly um leave it to beaver in space
0: i got that vibe in like the first season like i said all the episodes i watched were from the first season like i got that vibe from like the family unit and uh maureen mm-hmm. robinson is that her name maureen yeah very june cleaver-esque she's the one who's like maybe we don't murder dr smith in cold blood guys <laughs> maybe that maybe your
1: children wouldn't look at you the same way after that dad <laughs> so Lost in Space came out on CBS September 15th 1965 to March 6th 1968 uh, three seasons, 83 episodes in total, 29 of which are in black and white, 54 are in color yep and there's also this um, uh,
0: unreleased pilot where Dr. Smith and the Robot weren't involved
1: Yes. Uh, do you know the phrase Danger Will Robinson Danger was only said once in the entire show? Uh, now I do, I guess. Right. Um, Dr. Smith's classic line of Oh, the pain, the pain would become the second most popular catchphrase on the series behind Oof. Danger Will Robinson Danger. <laughs> I do. Uh,
0: Jonathan Harris is an icon, <laughs> a treasure. He's amazing. Yeah. He's so good. Just instantly, because I like—I was not super pumped about watching this. Um, really? I, yeah, but then as soon as he showed, I thought up, you would. Like,
1: pre- but the camp, the level of like manufactured pure camp from that era—I thought well, you'd enjoy. I didn't know that
0: at first. I didn't know how campy it was at first. But then as soon as Jonathan Harris appeared, the first time he spoke, I was like, "Oh, fuck! This is—he's—he's he's good." <laughs> It's like if Jafar was stuck with the leave it to beaver family. This is when when he kills that guard. (laughs) He's like, oh, Oh, no, no, you're just doing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, he softens up a little bit later. It's mostly just him being put upon and getting into sarcastic one-liner fights with
1: the robot. Now, interestingly (laughs) enough, Alex, Jonathan Harris improvised a lot of his comments to the robot.
0: Yeah, and oh, I was also reading a thing about how Jonathan Harris, like, his sort of role in the show was precarious. They were going to kill him off in the first season, Um, so he, like, he intentionally, like, was delivering lines in a way that would soften the character and make him, like, sort of more sympathetic and funny and less, like, outright evil. Uh, Right, and it worked apparently there's some story about the director coming in or like producer director or someone coming in and like pointing at jonathan harris and being like i know what you're doing and i want more of it yeah
1: and it, it worked uh jonathan harris is an over the like he is a flamboyant floppish villain yeah, And he's, so, he's a sniveling, whiny coward. It's great. It is like so numb, good. But
0: he's just there. He makes things like a little bit worse for everyone, but he's never like, uh, if he's going to get someone killed, it's because he's like running away from a situation.
1: There's and, like, there's it, real it all, threats
0: happening all the time, but it's like. It's, it always
1: ends up worse for him. Yeah. Like he is always uh, yep. getting the worst of it.
0: Yeah. He, like he's kind of like the snidely whiplash, like less competent though. Like, that kind of blows up right. his face a lot.
1: <laughs> like his Did you know that? Uh, trouble. <laughs> you know, Jonathan Harris was the first actor to receive a special guest star status on a TV series. Was it for this series?
0: That's yeah, cool. that's cool. I mean, that's yeah, good for him for you know taking this like what was gonna be less than one season worth of a part and turning it into like a pretty iconic role.
1: The robot cost seventy five thousand dollars to produce and weighed more than two hundred pounds. Good
0: lord. That's two of a
1: them. A lot of money.
0: That's <laughs> two so of many, them were made for the show. So many cars in the sixties. <laughs>
1: <laughs> two of them were made, my
0: friend. You get a oh lord. <laughs> Could have just had the the
1: robot be a Rolls Royce and come in way cheaper. <laughs> So at the time, CBS chairman William Paley, who prided himself on the fact that CBS produced uh, quality content, uh, hated the show. And he couldn't understand why it was so popular. <laughs> he instructed executives to cancel it the minute, the minute that its ratings dipped. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty funny. <laughs> the episode No Place to Hide, which is 1965, was budgeted at $400,000. That's crazy. And it was largely filmed in the Mojave Desert.
0: That's 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 wild to me. The show, like, it's bonkers to me. There's that much money behind the show.
1: The budget for each show in the first season was around one hundred
0: and thirty
1: thousand dollars. That's that's crazy. <laughs> the for, uh, like... the Jupiter Two set cost three hundred and fifty thousand dollars at the time. Oh, I. I can't, <laughs> for all the flashing
0: lights, like what did they
1: say? <laughs> <it on? laughs> you think it's a, you think it's a, uh, a money laundering operation? No, I'm not saying on?
0: that. I mean, maybe it's like early days of these kind of sci-fi sets and they don't have a system down or something yet, but it's just, that seems, like that seems like a lot. Maybe it was like a really advanced set, they like could wheel around it. I don't know. That's,
1: that seems like a lot. Uh, overall, watching Lost in Space, how like how quickly did you figure out what it was? Like, okay, this is going to be like a, a campy family, like wholesome hijink and space adventure thing, or were you expecting like uh, something more scientific, or were you expecting something a little more dramatic? What was your how long did it take for you to figure out what Lost in Space was?
0: Yeah, I guess I was expecting the show to be a little bit more sort of like hard sci-fi. I don't, I don't know, but that's just like from not being familiar with it at all. Um, I was basically like ten minutes into the first episode, the first like not pilot episode that I watched, which I don't. I looked up this list of like the ten best ones or something based on some some random dude's criteria. Um, I just watched a few off of that. And it became pretty quick. Like even in the series, like it was obvious pretty quickly. Even in the first season it was like the most serious season. And even in like episodes of the first season that are like the more serious of the serious episodes, that is like pretty fucking campy and fun. Um like at least every time Dr. Smith shows up, it's like goofy as shit. Follow the Leader, I think was the first episode I watched, and this is the one where <laughs> where John gets possessed by this ghost and he starts becoming like kind of abusive to his family. It's supposed to be like could have been an allegory for like drug or alcohol addiction. Uh, sure. I watched that one and, uh, one or a few others. I don't know. It's, it becomes, I think largely because of Jonathan Harris, it becomes apparent pretty quickly. Like what's happening here. And also like the robot is just sarcastic all the time, which is right. weird. Right. A weird default <laughs> programming state <laughs> for a robot. Um, so like with that stuff it becomes a little hard to be like oh it's hard sci-fi oh. so I was like,
1: now it sorry go ahead. i have some i have some interesting uh rating stuff for you oh okay <laughs> yeah. lost in space's biggest rival was uh star trek yeah however star trek received poor relatively poor ratings on the original television run uh Star Trek never averaged higher than, 52, than 52nd in the ratings during three seasons. Lost in Space finished season one with 35 in the Nielsen ratings, season two in 44th place, and in the third final season, 53rd. So <laughs> according to ratings of the American public, they enjoyed watching more eyes were glued to Lost in Space than they were Star Trek.
0: Which I actually think is a good argument for Lost in Space being less sci-fi than star trek because people don't like sci-fi that much
1: uh lost in space also ranked third as one of the top five favorite new shows for the 1965 to 1966 season in a viewer tvq poll and it was the favorite tv show of john f kennedy jr one of the top five new shows for a year in a decade
0: where what are they like there's like six networks? Like, how many shows come out? In the, uh,
1: the other top contenders were The Big Valley, Get Smart, I Dream of Genie, and F Troop.
0: Okay. Maybe we'll do I, I Dream of Genie. Uh, I've seen a few them. Lost in of Space
1: received a 1966 Emmy Award nomination for cinematography and special photographic effects, but it did not win. And again in 1968 for an achievement in visual arts and makeup, but did not win. In 2005, it was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best DVD, Retro Television Release, but did not win. <laughs> and in 2008, TV Land nominated and awarded the series for Awesomest Robot. Awesomest Robot. Okay. Oh, <laughs> That's, yep. um, overall, with, I, so I watched the first five or six episodes of Lost in Space, uh-huh. and it always ends with like the, like the cliffhanger. To be continued, and then the next episode we're picking up right after.
0: But they're barely cliffhangers, right? Like I watch I watch random episodes, right. like not in sequence, right. and they'd be like, last time on Lost in Space, we left with and there's like this scene sure. that is not relevant 30 seconds into the episode. Um we left with Will Robinson digging a hole <laughs> in some dirt. And now we return to Dr. Smith <laughs> saying, Let's go, Will, and do something else. Okay. <laughs> So, did
1: you not have fun with this overall? No, I thought you it was, seem a little I thought it bitter towards Lost in Oh, States. I'm not
0: bitter. I just, like, I thought it was hilarious. I just think it's, like, bad. Like, ba- in, is it bad bad, way. or is it, like... No, it's, like, can't, okay. can't be bad in a good way. Like, once, right. I, once I was, like, oh, okay. It's not, like, bad, earnest sci-fi. It's, like, it's, like, it has the aesthetics of a sci-fi show, but, like, sort of none of the meteor sci-fi stuff that I, like, this is a pretty goofy, like, fun time. Once I, I mean, we, once I was like, this show does not want me to take it seriously,
1: we're off. Let's go. Okay. I mean, we talked about this during our Munsters episode. There is, a, it's that level of camp that was a byproduct. Like, Rob Zombie tried to manufacture camp for his Munsters movie, but he couldn't. And Lost right? in Space yeah. has that, like, it, it's that byproduct of 1960s, like, camp that just existed in all of the TV shows and all of the movies there's a level of like oh jeez like Dennis the Menace kind of wholesome innocence but it's the, cheesy overacting and if, if it, but Jonathan it, it, it really works. The,
0: if Jonathan Harris wasn't in the show I think I would have just not enjoyed any of it um, Really? Yeah because like I don't really find the rest of the characters that <laughs> that enjoyable to be around like on their own Like, I think Will is pretty annoying. Uh, I think that Major West guy, it just sucks. (laughs) What's your problem with Major West? He has nothing to do besides antagonize Dr. Smith. Like, he would would be useless if Dr. Smith wasn't there. He's the pilot. If you see him flying the ship, you know you're in trouble. He's the pilot in a ship that goes off course immediately. And apparently (laughs) it's like very bad. Um, um, and doctor, I don't know, John Robinson, whatever, kind of boring.
1: Is Lost in Space the forgotten sci-fi? I don't think uh, it's forgotten. It's got a lot of well, remakes. I mean, you say that, but compared to the legacy of Star Trek and Star Wars and even Stargate,
0: That came out thirty years later, sir. But I'm I'm saying, but you're just naming stuff with "star" in the title. No, but does Lost
1: in Space kind of get lost in the dust?
0: Well, that's I don't. So that's sort of where, like, you're naming shows that are like beloved, sort of like sci-fi shows that are doing stuff that we like associate with the sci-fi genre now. I don't know. I think that if Lost in Space came out today, like that same show, but like made looking in a and I don't mean the well. twenty eighteen I don't mean the twenty eighteen one. I mean specifically <laughs> the one from the sixties was being made today. I think it would be labeled either fantasy or science fantasy, which is like kind of this the genre that's just sure. gets described as fireballs in space. Um I think it would be like one of those two things because it's basically just like it's not like here's a sciencey explanation for stuff. They've gone in that direction with the remakes right like the movie is a little more like techno babble sciencey jargon for ch- stuff that's happening and then in the 2018 one the half an episode i watched it's like okay here's a basic like high school chemistry lesson disguised as a half an episode of tv right um so i don't i don't know if it'd be like i don't it's just, it's, like, super, super goofy and not that science And there's, like, there's goofy episodes of Star Trek, but they're kind of doing, like, philosophy in there, too. Um, and I think part of it, there was, like, a conscious effort to pivot away from the science stuff <laughs> in Lost in Space to, like, the goofy shit. Because they were, another thing I read was basically saying that, like, they felt like Star Trek was consolidating the audience of people who wanted hard sci-fi and they were gonna do a worse job at that same task if they kept on trying to do it. So they pivoted sure. towards like the goofier Jonathan Smith stuff and like him. I mean, it, and the robot fight. It,
1: it worked.
0: Yeah, it's a fun dynamic. Ac- it's goofy. Like, it's, according it's just, to like, the
1: Nielsen ratings, it works.
0: Yeah, well, it's you know bigger like mass appeal and like like sci-fi is like kind of like that kind of sci-fi like not the H. D. Wells version of sci-fi is like like Star Trek sci-fi is like super nascent there if you kind of read like heady novels from the 50s and stuff i don't know what
1: dude they had such high hopes for us yeah
0: they had like like, they had such high hopes for society didn't they well that's like the whole thing about star trek is like inherently like an optimistic show or at least like early on because it's like it's like post-scarcity and one of the like gene roddenberry's one of his main things is like the humans are never going to fight with each other like that part's settled they might have like yeah little squibbles or whatever but like like the human race or we're like post-scarcity we're in the federation it's kind of a utopia off screen and then we're just going to interact with uh these alien races in the name of like exploration and science right and like, like I when, but when our I started ship, watching Lost in Space doesn't suck, so we're able to go to more than one place. You
1: know, I put the first episode on, and it was like here in 1997. I'm like that is, what? Like we're doing what in 1997? I am, am- like we had such high those guys Star had such Wars high hopes. was a totally
0: different thing in the 90s. Was that yeah. or Was that the 80s with the Reagan thing?
1: It was just like fuck. We they had so, like yeah they had such high hopes. Because even if you read the older sci fi stuff like H.G. Wells and all that, even they have like the, sun, like the world tomorrow will be amazing. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it will be amazing. Yeah, yeah just not in the ways they thought. And then we get here and it's like, fuck, <laughs> this is know. not amazing. I mean, I think like, someone from
0: that time period would be very confounded if we dropped them into now, but.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, in,
0: in the fun, like, jetpack way.
1: Right 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 they would not be like oh this is so great they'd be like i get why you guys are suicidal i get it it's cool they'd be like
0: why don't you have a fancy washing machine that goes outside in the desert (laughs) right that's the cool thing we invented where is is the universal
1: translator why don't
0: you have a weird shit talking robot whose purpose is nebulous and unclear
1: (laughs) it's hey it was to monitor the environment yeah. It had a purpose. Okay. It was just perverted by the evil Dr. Smith with his uh, machinations.
0: Yeah, and then reprogrammed by Will Robinson to be
1: <laughs> Honestly, man, all in all, I, I, I got a kick fun. out of the original Lost Space. If
0: I lived in the 60s and this was one of the three shows I could watch on a given night, I'd probably be watching it, you know? <laughs>
1: Um, so Lost in Space carried on, and it, it did have a cult following throughout the years. Uh, it does have its place in Comic-Con conventions and science fiction conventions and things like that. And the next time we would get a Lost in Space iteration of any kind of importance uh, is with a stacked cast and 1998 science adventure, uh, science fiction action-adventure film directed by Stephen Haw- uh, Hopkins, uh, written by uh, uh, Akiva Goldsman, Lost in Space, 1998.
0: Yeah, full-on romp action adventure.
1: How do you feel about
0: it? I, with some major caveats, actually thought it was pretty fun revisiting it again. I, like, like I loved this movie as a kid. It was one of my, I watched it a bunch of times. Um, I haven't watched it, or hadn't watched it in, I guess, probably, like, 22 years, I think, if I'm being safe um maybe it came out april it came out april 3rd 1998. but i think i was like in the exact right audience for this because like rewatching, i'm like oh this is kind of a this is like an action adventure with like i'm not saying it necessarily delivers on this but i think you could just like it would have been pitched as like an action adventure sci-fi movie it was something for the whole family you know
1: sure that's Um... yeah that's totally
0: fair uh yeah but going back to it i had a much better time than i thought i was going to again with some big exceptions like i would definitely i would definitely do some rewrites but i think there's a very good movie in here a very Um, fun movie take a
1: guess take a guess at how much you think it was made for oh
0: i bet it's a lot i bet it's probably well what's the 90s i don't know by
1: 1998
0: i'm always I always forget the scales for this stuff immediately. Well, like twenty million dollars, about that. Eighty million. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. That's,
1: eighty million I mean, bucks. Guess what the box thing, office take is.
0: This, oh God, I don't know. Like three times that. I feel like it did well. One hundred and thirty-six. Okay. Well, not terrible.
1: Not terrible. Um, I have some caveats as well. Uh. Mainly, it, it, the caveats I have are like the implications of the time travel or like of the future stuff, mm, yeah, and what becomes of well, it, it's what becomes of profe- like a what becomes of Will. Smith. Uh-oh, no, Smith. a future Smith because he's oh. still bit by the spike, and if he's not, that means he's okay. Um, we'll get into it, but ha- Revisiting it, you still positive on it. You still, What are your caveats regarding it? My
0: caveats is I would totally rewrite Matt LeBlanc's character because he basically only does two things in this. He is good at flying a spaceship, and he is a sexual predator, like sexual harasser. Those are his only two character traits. I would get rid of that Ouch. second one. dude. Okay, if he's not, like, if no, he's I'm not, not saying a- he's not. I'm just. I'm like not if, saying he's not. He absolutely is. If he's if he's not doing a good job of being a pilot, he is sexually harassing um, <laughs> Heather Graham's daughter, Heather Graham. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, he he's like such there's a. There's a guy who doesn't Lairman. take. <laughs> right. He is a man who does not take no. The for first an
0: thing he says is like, and it's so sort of stereotypically bad dialogue, too. The first thing he says is like calling her a cold fish for. Not responding well to his really creepy advances in their first instance of meeting, like again in a workplace. This is a work (laughs) thing, right? They're not like happens to be the five of them are a family. He's there. Oh, but you forget (laughs)
1: that you forget the kind of unnecessary beginning where Matt where Matt LeBlanc is shown to be an ace fighter pilot.
0: Oh yeah, by nudging his buddy away from that gate.
1: Yeah, I mean, which is like I I I mean I guess it's important, but. I don't know. That it seems kind of masturbatory.
0: My, that leads me to my second big criticism, which is that the CGI is not up to snuff in this. I think they should have I don't know how, but used more practical effects or models or something. Um I don't know. It's just wild to me. The Jurassic Park came out what like
1: <laughs> four years, four before, years this. before this? Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know? Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um <laughs> You're not. I'm, I get, it is, Okay, it is shocking and to so see a nine, like a '90s movie with special <laughs> effects, and then having it be pre or post Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park is looks fantastic even today, and it's this like, cool it, blend it, of
0: practical and digital effects <laughs> right. that make it so you can't really tell where one starts and the next begins. Like when we're on, right, and, and it works. Really and again, well.
1: maybe we're putting, maybe we're putting the bar. Like, but, maybe Jurassic Park is an unrealistic bar to put every other movie against. But it gives
0: you a sense of what was possible. And I will say, like, <laughs> right. there's a That's scene, true. like, in this movie that really illustrates it for me, which is the first time you see transformed Dr. Smith, he's in that big hood. And his face oh is, like, God. practical effects, right? And his face looks good. Um, sure. But then there's that scene where he sheds his coat and shows off his mantis body and it switches to all CGI and then the face looks like shit. Like,
1: or the the monkey.
0: That leads me to my when second subsection subsection of the CGI. Is <laughs> not at the stuff is cut every scene with the monkey? Why is it? It contributes nothing. I because I kept track. I was like, none of these scenes are plot relevant.
1: But Blarp is there in the original. When they talk, remember when Judy Blarp. remember when Judy finds her, but she's the chimpanzee, but she's just wearing like that dress.
0: Yeah blarp i forgot they called it blarp too <laughs> That's yeah. bad leftover sci-fi stuff so with those sort of three things totally rewrite matt leblanc's character maybe do more practical effects than cgi i mean some of the cgi look fine but like the where it's like the whole thing that you're looking at and like just get rid of blarp yeah blarp we don't need blarp or make blarp like a little. maybe you see blarp in a thing in the background or something but i don't want prolonged <laughs> scenes of multiple characters interacting with Blarp and handing a CGI lump <laughs> back and forth. It's
1: very weird and distracting. I mean, okay, the, the movie Lost in Space, I wasn't that hot on it, honestly. I, 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 did, I remember seeing it when it came out, and I was very lukewarm then when I saw it. <laughs> and going back now, eh. Like, even, the, even like Gary Oldman, who I should love, I really, was I was just like I loved him in this.
0: Eh. I thought he was really good. I thought he was really good in doing a fun, like a uh, good send
1: up of the the John Harris Doctor Smith. I don't, the movie for me just kind of fell, I don't know, flat across all boards. Like even Matt LeBlanc, like I mean, I'm uh, not I a huge say, Matt LeBlanc guy in the even. first place. Like he's one of my, he's probably but, one of my least favorite parts about the movie. <laughs> but like. I mean, I, usually I'm down for like a cool, like a cool pilot character mm. who's an asshole. Yeah, but but even Matt LeBlanc doing people. that, I'm like, I don't, no, I don't buy him as that role. That's
0: what I, I would say that's why I keep on saying rewrite Matt LeBlanc's character. Yeah, I like. like I think uh, the
1: the the best part of this movie for me was Heather Graham. I thought she was not really she's awesome, great. She's not really in it enough.
0: I don't like, right. William Hurt's whole thing with like not being around for his kids enough is like, yeah, it's not right. And like, that's the thing they kept for 2018, which is weird. I like Jared Harris showing up as old Will. That was pretty cool, and him doing sure. kind of a weird it's, accent. It's weird <laughs> seeing young Jared Harris. Young Jared Harris playing an old child. <laughs> I, an I'm used job,
1: to I, I'm used to like Jared Harris from like Chernobyl and. Oh, a yeah, uh, uh, foundation, like Sh- more recently, or, Sh- or or like the Sherlock Holmes movies. I'm not used to like, or uh, the terror. I'm not used to like young Jared Harris. So that was yeah. cool. But I also there uh, were some moments.
0: So, so they what when this movie came out when I was 11. I had a big old crush on Lacey Shabbert.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't
0: remember her from she, the She's the time. one pals around with the monkey the most.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, oh. I know who she is, but I don't remember her from anything else. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I
0: remember her from this, and then I think the next thing I can think about her being in is Mean Girls, which is, like, six years later.
1: Mm. Yeah, I'm totally yeah, over don't. I don't, I don't <laughs> recall her. I never saw Mean Girls. I don't recall wow. her work from anything else. Okay. Um,
0: cultural milestone no,
1: no, 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 disagree.' agree uh, to disagree. um so in this lost in space, Earth is becoming uh it's what they're running building. out of resources. It's too right. Boarded. Global oh, the
0: ozone layer is disappearing, actually, which is very of the time <laughs> right. I
1: remember that uh, we actually I remember that. the ozone Go layer we already, did yeah. One we of got the rid of bigger accomplished ones Um, so the United Global Space Force picks families and people to go colonize the deep space, which is, I guess, going back to the original Lost in Space 2, the whole, like, colonizing. Well, that's... Why would you pick a family to, like...
0: They're not sending them to colonize. They're sending them to Alpha Prime to start building one of these way gates, because they have, like, these deep space jump case that they're building right and so they have one oh, they right are, and you have to, they have to use their right. hyperdrive to get out to alpha prime and they can build the reception one and then they can start colonizing in full by like sending All right, just out there
1: just hearing you say that almost made me want to fall asleep again
0: well you don't like science fiction and I, I say this is an actual <laughs> this science fiction plot it. here <laughs>
1: this, this is why um, you
0: probably like the show more because
1: <laughs> they didn't there really get was... the sci-fi stuff There was a moment, so like uh, along the way, you know, Smith working in an enemy agent, uh, foreign government sabotages the ship. The ship crashes and blah, blah, blah. They encounter like some time field shit, but along the way they encounter these metal spiders from a a derelict ship that is from the future. silicon based.
0: Yeah, well they're not, yeah, so it's it's a ship they had sent searching for them and they encounter it in the future. The ship's all burnt out. Those spiders had killed everyone on board. It's where Matt LeBlanc <laughs> finds the footage of his buddy that he rescued, but he's all old now. Yes. And searching for him. It's also where they find Blarp. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, Blarp.
1: Great. And it is yeah. where That's Dr. What? Smith gets bit. He get yeah. Yeah. This is there. this is an important this is an important thing for me. Dr. Smith gets bit. And they kind of bury that plot for a while until the second or third arc of the movie starts when the planet starts deteriorating and being destroyed by a series of earthquakes and they find a bubble that is like a time walk or like a, to- like a, it's like a, stasis- a time, like distortion. a, time stasis? it's like
0: a distortion field around the future ship. They, they, hey. this is actually a thing where they've done a decent amount of plant and payoff in this movie. Cause Will young, Will has been talking about his research that he's been doing on time travel the whole time. But, uh, Will Hurt was just like (laughs) not around to listen to any of it and also dismissed him when he started talking about how these energy signatures they're picking up from this distortion field look exactly like what he theorized would have been put off by his device. Right. Uh, What is a time travel device?
1: And inside of this bubble of time, we find that. Uh, all of the Robinsons are dead. And the only two existing are a a
0: future derelict Jupiter Two crash landed. And they walk by some headstones. Well, Dr. Smith and young will are the ones we see like navigating. They walk by headstones for the rest of the family.
1: And we see inside of this, the decayed ruins of the ship is a like 35, 40 year old (laughs) Will (laughs) Robinson. Yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: I think he's probably I think he's I think they said it had been like 20 years, so he's like he's only he's probably like early thirties. So those are some
1: city miles
0: yeah on he, that 30 year old like I guess he's been alone. It's just been him and the spider doctor for
1: 20 years.
0: It' probably be a little haggard too.
1: Now, the whole thing here is that they are will will Robinson has created this time machine. he is going to go back in time.
0: Uh, he just wants to, go prevent- back to Earth. He just wants to go back to Earth. He wants to go back to his home
1: Was what he wanted to do. And he is with Dr. Smith, who's been manipulating the whole time, and Dr. Smith is, has now mutated into a giant robot-silicon spider hybrid. Yeah, pretty sick. The main fight happens between all of this, and this is after some other shit happens with the robot and Dr. Smith and the family and Plot, 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 plot. But the movie wraps up with, like, the Robinsons and uh Dr. Smith, who still has a spider bite, and they blast off into space, like, you know, to an adventure and all that bullshit. But hypothetically, that means, like, are they going to cure Dr. Smith, or is he going to turn into, like, what are, what are the implications of that spider bite, then? Because we saw yeah, what happened.
0: I, look, I, I mean, we saw where it ended. We don't know what the what the sort of like progression of that transformation looked like. There's 20 years between him getting the spider bite. And when we see him turned into a spider human hybrid, I, it could be like 10 years before he starts showing signs, you know?
1: Yeah, I guess, but I
0: I do think, but he saw the spider. So he, he is a medical doctor. Presumably he'll go to the med bay and do some tests on himself and, Isolate some DNA or whatever. I don't know. They'll do some science mumbo jumbo and fix them right up. Now or send them to the Space Hague or something. I, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, honestly, this was just one of those movies that I kind of washed over me when I'm watching it. I was just like, okay, now this is happening. No, I thought this it was happening.
0: A, I thought it was a pretty fun romp, but not like. I don't know, but it's like a lot of the science fiction parts were like super mumbo jumboy. I mean, there's a part where a robot overcomes his programming to kill someone because the power of love made him good. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> he what was he? He didn't have feeling, What was he says something corny? Yeah, it's something goofy as shit. I don't know, but he like
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I thought the robot was like pretty they got the voice dead on but like the robot Well it's robots, because it's the same guy. Yeah, oh cool. Okay. Yeah. It's just the Dick Twofield
1: has reprised his voice for
0: the robot. The robot situation in this family is very strange to me. I thought there were some fun throwbacks to the show though. Like I like how they take off in a ship that looks like the Jupiter uh from the Earth show but then like it sheds this outer skin. It's like a way more sleek version of it. It's a seems like a terrible spaceship design to have your boosters be basically just like a shell that wraps around your whole actual spaceship and then ejects into your polluted planet as you're flying away. Now,
1: but. interestingly, Alex, Lost in Space 20, or, uh, 1998 received six Saturn Award nominations. Cool. Good for them. Best Supporting Actor for Gary Oldman. Hell yeah. Just yeah. nominations, though. Yeah. It received a Golden Raspberry nomination for Worst Remaker Sequel, but it lost... To the tide Godzilla Avengers and Psycho. Wow, okay. Oh, wait, was that the
0: oh god, was that the Vince Vaughn psycho that came out? That yes, game? it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not saying it was I, like a, a fun romp. I don't know. I a lot of it might be because I had seen it a billion times as a 12 year old, maybe it maybe it programmed me a little bit to. You know, Were you? A, well. Did you see
1: yourself as a young Will Robinson? No, I just
0: liked the movie. I thought it was fun. I, I think did I. Did you? See, a you saw yourself as a
1: young Will
0: Robinson? No, I think I. I don't know. I think I actually, as a kid, liked Plop or whatever what, what was his name? Blurb. Blarb? Blarp. Blarp. Uh, I Blarp. Blarp. Actually, I remember <laughs> liking
1: Blurb as a kid, though. <laughs> And now you hate him as an adult. Isn't well, it strange like, how like we turn fucking... cynical in our old age?
0: Well, I think I just didn't have, like, I didn't know that better things were possible, and I think I just wasn't that discerning <laughs> as a kid, you know? But, like, I saw that monkey pop up. Now I'm like, oh, it's a horror show. You can tell it's not a part of anything we the scene. And, like, why is it sticking over everyone's faces and it's got these pointy little needle teeth?
1: <laughs> it's a horror show. Damn. Um. Yeah, Blech. so I would Lost in space: it, when, There's there's way
0: better. Yeah, you know
1: the I sacrifice you have to make to
0: watch it. Like Matt LeBlanc's character is like revolting the whole time.
1: It, it, like he's not charming. He like at first I'm like okay cool. He's like an arrogant and they pilot. Sick, like, like I, I kind of dig that. He's been but an asshole he, the
0: entire time, and they still do the thing at the end where, like, yeah. Heather Graham is like, mm, going to give you some smooches as a reward.
1: Yeah, yeah. for some reason, Heather Graham, like, endears her. And I'm like, I don't get why. Cause why? At what point? He's You've just... had
0: one pleasant right. interaction after a mountain of fucking bullshit.
1: Right. Like, he he's not... The veneer of him being, like, a cool like hardened sky like sky captain sky pilot fighter pilot thing clearly burns away because it's like oh this dude is just like a fuck boy he's also like just he, like he's,
0: not that charming in it
1: he's in not like, he, he's not charming at all
0: he's like his line delivery is like not particularly cool he's not like a good action dude in the like again no no, no shade to matt leblanc or whatever he's finding other stuff but he's just like not good in this role, and then also the character is written very unlikably, which is a little hard to come back from if you're like there's there's like there's a version of this that could have been like an Indiana Jones type like a a rakish rogue who sure has like a push and pull thing with like a female lead, but that's he's just insulting and sexually harassing this woman and up being like and he's not unlikable when he's not doing that he's not likable when he's not doing that either. It's really, it's really tough.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, interestingly enough, Jared Harris is an Englishman, and when he appears as an adult Will Robinson, he doesn't have a English accent. Uh, He dubbed his uh, his he dubbed over his voice to sound more American.
0: I was curious about that because, like, he is doing a very specific like affect that I can't quite play. It's like a it. He does kind of sound like. He sounds like a man child, like an American man child, I guess is how like. I right. don't mean that derisively, but it's like it sounds like a thirty year old who it would kind of <laughs> make sense. Like ne- I think he thought about the character a lot, is what I'm saying. He sounds like a thirty year old who has like only ever been a boy, um, um, and is like really stuck in his boyhood.
1: Now, who is the girl you liked? Lacey, Lacey Shabert. 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 And- this was her feature film debut. Oh, okay. Uh, this movie occupied twelve separate sound stages. Damn. And it was filmed at London's Shepperton Studios. Oh. Sean, Pat- uh, Sean Patrick Flannery was originally cast as Don West, but he was let go of the project while still in rehearsal because he thought it re- he too closely resembled William Hurt. Uh, the part was also offered to Matthew Perry before it went to Matt LeBlanc.
0: I would have liked uh, Brennan Fraser in this, maybe. I think it could have been good.
1: Now, you have a problem with Blarp the horror show, but did you know that originally Blarp was going to be an animatronic puppet? Except the puppet didn't look real enough, so it was replaced with a CG puppet.
0: Yeah, well, how'd that go, guys? I think <laughs> <laughs> I will always take a bad real puppet over a bad CGI stand-in. <laughs>
1: Uh Heather Graham was derating uh was dating the director Stephen Hopkins during filming.
0: Uh, that's weird. Okay. Really? Uh in she, the original She's dating the director she was dating, so little screen time.
1: Yeah. Maybe that was his way of avoiding any kind of like nepotism or anything. You I know? don't
0: think that's what's happening if you're already dating someone. <laughs>
1: Uh, the typeface used for the, clo- the closing sequence is called Fast Girls, created by graphic designer Patrick King, and the font comes in three levels of boldness, A-cup, B-cup, and C-cup. Oh, great. <laughs> so fun, I know.
0: The ending sequence of this <laughs> is, like, so 90s action movie, right? It's, like, right there with, like, or, like, early 2000s, late 90s action movie. It's, like, the intro to Fight Club, uh, the intro to, like, Tomb Raider, and the outro to the... The <laughs> Tomb Raider <laughs> like Right. this is up there too. same like like crazy electronica music and like jittery credits coming at you too fast.
1: It fe- even like uh even Event Horizon has that ending. Oh
0: yeah. Whoa, weird. Yeah. Uh
1: That's over thirty five hundred names are listed in the end credits.
0: Probably like just a shitload of CGI artists, probably. And <laughs> kind of
1: like set people William Hurt. William Hurt and Mimi Rogers were 47 and 41, respectively, at the time of progression. However, Will and Penny were 15, and Heather Graham was 27.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: The original script placed the opening battle above Mars rather than Earth, and the global sedition was called the Sinjudornian Alliance. Sinodorian <laughs> Alliance. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. <laughs> uh, despite, Heather Gra- despite playing Heather Graham's mother, Mimi Rogers is only 14 years older than Heather Graham.
0: Damn. So Mimi Rogers had a kid when she was 14. In this, in this
1: none of the actors playing John Marine's children were born when Lost in Space was first broadcast. Yeah, I mean,
0: that makes sense. Yeah,
1: um, it's the Jupiter 2 literally. control room it would be has computer displays by Silicon Graphics. Okay, and uh, British band Lighthouse Family recorded the song Lost in Space for the film. But producers decided not to use it, and it wasn't released for two months until after the film's release.
0: Hmm.
1: And in the original script and movie adaptation, it wasn't Silicon Graphics who co-sponsored the Jupiter mission. It was Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay,
0: great. That, that would have been a very funny like uh, product placement
1: thing. Um. Yeah. Those are all the facts I got for you. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. This was a bit like, it's cool, I guess, seeing like Heather Graham and Gary Oldman. Everyone else is kind of wash for me. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, eh. like I was it for me, it was like, it was fun to revisit. and I was pleasantly surprised by how much of it I thought, like by how much of it I still enjoyed. And like, I think Gary Oldman genuinely very, very good in this movie still,
1: even though there's not like... Well, I, I mean, even Gary Oldman at his worst is still getting better than most people well, at their best, what, right? That, I
0: mean, that's another part of it, too, is like putting this down, I was like, wow, like, most of these people are still famous. This is crazy. Right. Kind of like how, like you said, stack cast. like, it really is um, a lot of like really serious actors in this. Uh, a lot of good actors, too. Like, I think most of the performances are really good, even uh, well... Except for, I don't like, Matt LeBlanc <laughs> or Will too much. Right. But yeah, I, but also, I would like, I would, don't think I, <laughs> if someone had already seen this movie and they're wondering, like, how's it whole?" up, I'd be like, yeah, not terrible. But if you haven't seen the movie, I don't think you need to, by any means. You're not, like, missing out on some sci-fi touchstone that's gonna really improve your love of the genre.
1: Now, interestingly enough, Lost in Space uh, debuted at number one of the UX box office, ending Titanic's 15-week-old. <laughs>
0: that's really funny. <laughs> yeah.
1: Lost in Space is the Titanic iceberg, my took friend. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's the one funny. that took him down. Uh, Lost in Space at the time received negative reviews from critics. Roger... Ebert gave the film a rating uh, a one calling it a dim-witted <laughs> up okay. uh, there's, there's, like
0: there's like one scene.
1: Where Wade Major of, of Box Office called it the dumbest and least imaginative adaptation of a television series yet transferred to the screen. Okay, right, well. Um, yeah, uh, meh. So then time would go on and Lost in Space would carry on creating its fan base and more people would discover the show and the movie and the 2004 animated and things like that. I don't think
0: the people are clamoring
1: for more Lost in Um, Space, are they? Because now in 2018 to 2020, Netflix brings us Lost in Space again for three seasons. Yeah,
0: I mean I get that it happened. I just don't know that it happened because the people were like, give us Lost in Space, give us a pretty (laughs) realistic reboot of Lost in Space. We
1: need it. Now how did now how did Okay I watched the first episode of the 2018 Lost in Space again because I saw it when it first came out and I was really disappointed on it then. I watched it again this time and I'm disappointed in it now. Mm Um You saw it, but you didn't watch all of it
0: i watched probably well i don't know at what point do they realize that they hit a vein of magnesium like that's literally as far as i made it about halfway through maybe a little earlier i made it probably about a third of the way through the first episode then
1: okay but so okay okay so for those of you who haven't seen this um let's take that family unit of people who love and care about each other and people who are together let's get rid of all that shit and make it a dysfunctional family where the father kind of hates his family, and where his kids kind of hate him, and where the mother was going to divorce him, but is actually now trying to get custody of the kids to go on this space mission, and the father is kind of an asshole. That's the new dynamic. Are you hooked in your seats, folks? Because it doesn't get better. Um,
0: I mean, there was a little bit of that
1: in the 90s movie, I guess, but the first episode, it, like this episode, this Netflix "Lost in Space," the first episode is so jam-packed with every kind of disaster you can imagine.
0: Oh yeah, things just going super
1: poorly for them from jump. It starts yeah. with them crashing. Which, by the way, at the start of this, we don't know who they are. It we don't know what they're doing. We just know they're crashing.
0: Guy, right? Like they're playing cards. Right in zero But g, as they the know zero, they're going down. Yeah. The zero g thing is like really inconsistent, right? Cuz like they're they're dealing the cards out and they're floating as a way to like show things off and that's cool. But then people will put their cards down on the table and they just stay there, which is not what would happen. The,
1: Correct. Um and picky thing. So they fall in, and like they crash. The Robinson family get out and their ship immediately sinks into the ice they've crashed and into an ice planet interspersed with flashbacks about how they got here right correct right. and why
0: they're leaving like there and they're why they're coming towards earth or something and none of
1: them seem to like each other
0: yeah well but they're all like stoked when they find out their dad is like home for christmas but then he's like immediately kind of like n- not present emotionally
1: right um so from there, uh, the first thing that happens is they need to worry about getting some sort of heat supply. So oh, well, Judy, they, the, they, the, they cr- the, the daughter. They
0: crash on this ice planet, and then they get out of their ship, and the ship
1: immediately sinks like 50 right.
0: feet into this frozen lake.
1: so (laughs) judy jumps into the water to try and go get a battery she ends up freezing a few feet from the surface so she is frozen in the water with six hours of oxygen left at the same time the mother marine she has encountered a compound leg fracture and she's gonna lose the leg she, she broke her leg right um, she, she she she's gonna lose her leg unless her two daughters do something because will and his father have gone off to the top of this ice mountain because they broke open a vein of magnesium and they need magnesium to burn them at least that part's actual some,
0: science magnesium does burn at, at, in the presence of ice <laughs> they were right there yeah
1: at, at, at some point Will ends up falling down this ice cave and he ends up rolling into the other side of this mountain, which is like a lush green forest. And his father's like, I'm going to save one kid at one time. I'll come back for you, Will. Which is (laughs) kind of fair. So he leaves Will, and Will is like sitting here in this little jungle area alone, slowly becoming traumatized. Uh, Judy is like freezing slowly, running out of oxygen, while her sister, who hates her, and her perform uh, surgery on her mother's knee. And at some point, uh, it starts, Will encounters a crash ship, which turns out to be the robot. And the robot and Will have like a bonding moment over, I'm paraphrasing all of this to mm-hmm. keep you people safe from the pain. At some point anyway, um, it starts rain, uh, it starts, uh, a wildfire breaks out where Will is with the robot and there is fire engulfing trees engulfing trees. Meanwhile, about four hours walk away, maybe less, um, the other side of a hill, basically, it starts raining just as the Robinsons have tried to partially free Judy. So as it starts raining again, she refreezes in her spacesuit, like kept alive, and she's right. running out of oxygen. It's like every fucking bad event that you can imagine happens. Right? Like, there's no food, no heat, no water. One of the kids is frozen in ice. The mother's dying of this. The, the Will's missing. Like, they crammed so much bullshit into this like opening episode. It's just, who gives a fuck? None of the characters are likable. They're all snippy towards each other. We find out that the only reason why Will is there is because his mother paid someone off to doctor his results, saying he passed. <laughs> oh, the really training. Funny. Uh oh um, like the
0: Oh is that why he's all scared to go in the water because he didn't actually do the submersible training? Is that He
1: did, but he failed initially.
0: Oh, uh, okay. okay. Well I mean and again, maybe like, like, like maybe he'll grow science. Like... I like I like the little kid kind of sucking at some stuff more than just being a super genius who's
1: right every time he speaks. See, I prefer that. Over, really? well, let's get a family so who important. all hate each other. Yeah, because well, the original Lost do. in Space, they're picked to, for that, right? They don't have to do like problems. They, were, they I, were picked for, like, we are the best family for this mission. We are all experts in these fields. We are well, super smart. We are capable. <laughs> at least that's have, what the show pitches.
0: We have a dad who is very good at sort of being a lifeboat captain, and then we have a son who's a super genius, and then we have three... We have a really good homemaker and two gals who are going to be great homemakers when they find a nice man. That's like <laughs> the way the show and, is set up. <laughs> and the doctor. And the doctor is also there. And then uh, the um, West is there to to crack wise at the doctor.
1: So this first episode is just... It, it's an endurance test, really. Like, I didn't have fun watching it. It wasn't even, like, compelling where I'm I mean, like, oh, what's gonna happen? You're,
0: again, you're not not—you're not really set up to succeed here, right? It's, like, kind of a... Like, again, not a huge sci-fi fan. And then also, like, cash-grabby remake. <laughs> so,
1: type, mean, it was super... Uh, my, my problem the, is the cash-grabby remake. The like, the, like I could... But, like, even... I could they, I, I could handle some sci-fi sometimes. Like I was they, excited, kind well, of. I'm, I'm like, just yeah, like the genre you know, tropes
0: are not doing. The thi- like when I turned it, I was like, "Oh, like I'm not excited to be here," but like visually, like the suits look pretty good. The thing with the zero. Yeah, Gear the rise, suits look cool. Fun. Like the aesthetics, um, I like. They're kind of neat.
1: So, to, so the, the end of the show, we actually like, see, here. we actually see how the uh the ship they're on explodes, and it's actually being attacked by the robot. The robot's Uh, like shooting all kinds of lasers and it's destroying shit. And this woman who looks like an ex-con comes across a dying Zachary Smith and she steals his information and then she escapes into a Jupiter two pod.
0: No, she's Dr. Smith. You know, lady.
1: She, she passes herself off as Dr. Smith. Yeah. And, uh, with two other people who are trying to also sneak into a ship, like, I'm an escape pod, but there are, like, two mechanics. Um, and I was so angry by how dislikable the characters were and by how fucking mundane. Like, okay, oh, it's f- there's fire now, and Will is trapped with this robot, and it's fire, but it's raining where Judy is. But it should be raining where Will is, too, because they're not that far away from each other crazy like
0: sci-fi at all player, but like crazy sci-fi
1: no no that's oh, bullshit Shazin's don't parker Posey, i like her um this was a very grating show to watch just an episode i didn't care about more i still don't care about more um it was released uh for uh, 28 episodes in total uh 2018 to 2021 um yeah it it feels super cash grabby. They tried to make everything dark and serious and very heavy and very dramatic, but it just comes off as way too cynical. None of the main characters are really likable. Um well, it seems like just a total wash, honestly, for me. It you seems... might feel differently and other people might really enjoy it, but well, like I said, I didn't I didn't really watch it. I wasn't really super
0: here for it, but it seems like there's at least a decent amount of people that like it. Like, the audience review scores are really good on it. Um, yeah, and I, I'm sure... Of it on a Netflix show, like, they will cancel a show halfway through ruthlessly. So, like, presumably some
1: people right. are watching it. Yeah, no. I, and again, you know, I'm, I'm always an outlier in this stuff. I'm not, I'm not yeah. usually...
0: <laughs> the Vox article, Lost in Space Review, Netflix's mediocre remake explained.
1: Okay. Well, thank you, Vox. You know, I, I'm glad I is, don't stand alone here. The series um, is
0: one of the worst cases of Netflix bloat you've ever seen. Okay,
1: that makes sense. I don't. Maybe have to diagnose something. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It's um, but overall, it just didn't have the fun. It didn't like. I, I think. Yeah, the they, formula of Lost in Space, trying to make it a like a drama like a space drama, we have Star Trek for that. We don't need another action. We have Star Wars for the action stuff. And Lost in Space well, needs to be like the family dynamic show. It needs to be the lighthearted space adventure.
0: I mean, I don't really agree with the premise that the, like because of those two other properties existing, no one else can like exist in that space, but I... Well, from the half of the episode I watched, this is not doing it for me.
1: Yeah, it's it works, I'm not it works, saying anything else can exist. I'm saying if you want if you want more science fiction, science fiction, you have that already. We have know. these other areas well, that have you been can thoroughly also, fleshed like, out.
0: Yeah, there's also like more than two science fiction things have came out the you know the past fifty sure. years. Sure. Like the expanse, quite good.
1: And new sure. that out. But um for Lost in Space, I feel like it had a very specific dynamic that was laid out pretty earnestly camp aside. Well, camp aside. um, And robbing like trying to make that dramatic. And like the military father who the wife is, you know, like you've already been gone, but you don't need to be here. You're already gone from us. And he's like, don't take my kids, but he's not really caring that much. And it's just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like you, okay, so now every family has to be dysfunctional because that's what people are used to seeing.
0: No, just this one.
1: Now, every family, yeah, I I don't know, man. It was just, it rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't have fun watching it. And I was thoroughly ready to like, okay, this will be enjoyable and none of that should happen. The robot I think looks worse. It doesn't look iconic. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Just a big wet blanket.
0: Gritty reboot. Yeah, we need to stop gritty, grittily rebooting things. Yeah, Unless you're putting not gritty, everything the need- sports mascot into it. and then you. And <laughs> you put- in
1: which case, then I'm all yeah, for. More Bless um, less of whatever that <laughs> is. Well, so Alex, when it comes to Lost in Space, uh, do you think that there's a place for it in the new sci-fi world? Or do you think that Netflix tried to show I- what Lost in Space <laughs> in the new world would be? And is the, I, has the idea run dry? I don't want to make any grand sweeping genre pronouncements,
0: but I do think the '60s version of this one is probably the best version of it. And uh, unless you're gonna, like, unless you're remaking it as like a subtle comedy, I don't think you probably need to. Um. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna say debut on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna, just gonna down. say debut yeah it's like danger watcher danger mm-hmm. like the the fun quintessential version was apparently already done, and let that stand, you know yeah. let it stand.
0: I thought there was some good homage um, to the original show in the in the nineties movie, there was some fun stuff there but. Right.
1: Blart, for sure. Um, well, and the
0: robot, for you know, it looks different at first and they rebuild it and you got the, the iconic sure. on it. The thing where they shed that skin and make it the old Jupiter 2. There's a few other, th- I think there's one or two scenes where it looks like the backdrops are <laughs> made out of uh, plywood. <laughs> the first scene where well, Dr. Smith is like on that hollow deck talking to his weird shadowy contact. They're just out in the middle of a desert.
1: Yeah. And they try to kill him. Yeah,
0: all kinds of good stuff.
1: Um yeah so uh i mean i think we've uh i think we've kind of covered this don't you like yeah, yeah. there anything else you want to say about it any other comments theories thoughts opinions
0: i still i might have to flesh this idea out more as we go on but i just want to always take a bad real puppet over a medium cgi thing every time every time okay um, do you have any final words for the audio? Man? No, that was my final words. Always take a that pass. was the final look? Always take a bad, real puppet
1: over mediocre CGI. Uh, we're back, guys. We will see you next week and uh, we demon. Play us out, Alex. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. You should be in school.
0: Well, we better get going. I wonder, will we ever see each other again? Who knows? God willing, we'll all meet again in Space Balls 2 to search for
1: more money. Kawabunga.